When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it possible to heal while still being in a narcissistic, a toxic, or an abusive relationship? If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, change, and development. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the NARC app, and your guide in the 45-day Clarity Challenge you can access at claritychallenge.net. Uh, they're open right now for you to be able to apply and be able to get into that challenge to be able to reframe your mind, transform who you are, get out of the rumination, break the trauma bond, and start building in healthy habits moving forward. We've seen some amazing success and amazing people come through that program to start getting real clarity from that confusion. If you want to talk with me one-on-one, you can go to rawmotivations.com, click on the one-on-ones, would love to help you out in your healing and your development. Uh, also, last last thing really quick, is if you guys are new on any of this, we're on all the social media channels under Raw Motivations, so you can look us up anywhere under Raw Motivations. If you like what we see here, please subscribe, hit that notification, that way you can get notified when we drop new videos and also when we do live Q&As on the channel. Okay, so when we're talking through this aspect of breaking the cycle, like is it actually possible to heal while you're stuck in a narcissistic relationship? Because healing by itself is really, really hard, period. Like there's no getting around that. Like healing is hard. Don't run from the healing, approach the healing. Like you have to be able to go to it and say like, hey, I can actually do this. I can work through this, even though this is painful, like this is possible. It's harder to do when you're in a narcissistic relationship. Okay, and a lot of people ask, like, is it possible? Can I actually do it? So I want to talk to you through a couple things today. The first one is a couple myths that I just want to put out there and and kind of just debunk, get it out of the way. Second one is the thought of the purpose of healing. Like, what are we actually looking at? Uh, Then we're going to answer the question, can you actually do it? Is it possible? And then tips for healing along the way and along your journey. Okay, so first off, talking about like these idea of myths, the, the preconceived ideas about healing a lot of times that people develop, and then the preconceived ideas about healing with a narcissist. What is actually there? What's actually happening? One of the first ones that I hear a lot of times is, well, like I'm staying because of the kids. Like I, I don't want to leave and I want to stay in the relationship and work on healing myself in the relationship because I want the kids to have two parents. I I don't want to have them brought up in a broken household. Now, oftentimes when people are saying this, it's because they've either seen firsthand or they've grown up in a broken household and they don't want that to repeat. But what they're not really acknowledging and seeing is that that toxic parent in in their life all the time is still someone who is a toxic parent and is not going to help them at all. Typically, this is the idea where they're trying to focus so much on keeping the family together that they're ignoring the things that their kids are picking up and learning from being in a toxic relationship. Because that toxic person is abusing them, whether that's overt or covert, or whether that's by proxy, by abusing you and the kids being like, oh, that's how mom takes this. That's how dad processes this. That's okay for me to do. That's okay for this to happen. And then they wind up in toxic relationships down the road. 
happens a lot of times. So please understand that this myth of like, I can, I want to heal because I need to stay for the kids is just completely false. An absent parent is better than toxic one. So don't let that old idea or that idea like come into your mind that like this has to happen when it doesn't. Going along with that, the second myth that a lot of times people struggle with is this idea that they normally come to the table and they're like, I can't go no contact with the kids. That's completely false. And it's completely false because I can verify it by a lot of people who are completely no contact with having kids. Now, whatever that needs to look like, whatever that needs to be demonstrated, whether that's having third-party apps, third-party pickup, whether that's having like lawyers and, and different people in place so there's no communication there and it's only just done with drop-offs or there is no drop-offs because they have full custody, whatever it might be, it is possible. Okay, and, and if you don't do it, it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm saying going no contact is typically the best way to heal. When you have kids in the mix, that makes it a lot more dicey, especially with laws, especially with custody, all those different things. What I'm saying is I need you to first stop and understand that that concept, that it's not possible to go no contact with kids is not true because there's a lot of people doing it. So if anything, just expand your reality of like, hey, this is a possibility. I might not see it. I might not understand it. I might not see the resources or how this would actually happen, but it is possible, okay? The third myth that I wanna put is someone says that like staying and working on yourself is easier than actually leaving. And there's a piece of that that people wanna latch onto because once you leave, it seems like it gets even worse and it does for a period of time. But you have to take that we're not investing in a period of time. We're not saying, hey, you're going to be healthy only for one week. We're saying, hey, you can actually be healthy for the rest of your life. The difference is people are looking at a very limited and a small view mindset of like the pain of this afterwards, the pain of this month, the pain of this year, the pain of this two years is too hard than me just staying and living out the next 50 years with this toxic person. So you have to kind of like look at it in a different perspective. The second thing that we wanted to bring up is this idea of like the purpose of healing, okay? The purpose of healing is this idea of like being able to regain you, being able to work on you, being able to find out who you are. And a lot of times people struggle with this in the relationship because there's a whole lot of other things swirling around. But the main thing here is like when you're focused on your healing, you're focused on your growth. We're not focused on the relationship. We're not focused on combining or building something back together. We're focused on your growth. A lot of times your growth gets sidelined when you're with a toxic person and you're not able to focus on you, but you have to focus on them and everything else. We're also focused, the second thing, on your wounds healing. And this is hard when you're getting reactivated all the time with trauma, with being around this toxic person. Sometimes it's like the idea, you have a burn on your arm, you put a bandaid over it, uh, you put a bandage over it, and every day you rip it off just to be able to see, oh, is it healed? And every time you rip it off, it rips off the scab that's starting to form for the healing process, and it ends up re-engaging the wound, re-traumatizing the wound, and ends up bleeding up everywhere. You have to get it all fixed, put a bandaid on the next here, like, oh, maybe it's fixed, and then it keeps going over and over. Okay, it's really hard to be able to heal those wounds when you're constantly getting reactivated with trauma. So the purpose is to heal those wounds. Is it possible? A lot of times it's very hard because of that trauma there. The third thing of the purpose of your healing is to get clarity. Now, in the aspect of pursuit of clarity, this is why we've developed the 45-day clarity challenge, this is why we do one-on-ones, this is why a lot of stuff about raw motivation exists, is to provide 
clarity from the confusion and the crazy making that has been ensued and put upon you. Because a lot of times what we find out is people in a narcissistic relationship have been placed in the fog. And the fog is this aspect of when you've been with a toxic person of the fear, of the obligation and guilt that keeps you locked into that person, keeps you blinded where you can't actually see the truth. And the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free and is the only thing that's going to break you free of a trauma bond and that toxic relationship. So with the fog, until we get rid of the fog, we're not able to see clearly. The fog is really hard to get rid of when we're still in that toxic relationship. So third thing we were talking about, is it possible? Okay, is it possible to heal with a narcissist? Okay, and I'm not saying that it is possible so that everybody's like, oh, let's all stay. We're just gonna all stay, we'll work through this, we'll figure it out. No, I'm, I'm saying like you need to understand there is a possibility, but first off, it's gonna be very, very hard because you're constantly gonna be getting re-triggered. And dealing with those triggers is essential to be able to process that. Like going through the system that we teach of this is how you work through the triggers to be able to find that healing, that growth, and that change. But it's hard because you're constantly on edge, like getting ready to react. And, and you have to have this discipline that comes in the fact of like rewiring the story that you believe and getting to the place that you know that that person doesn't care and that person is only trying to trigger you. So it's like lowering some of the stuff there to understand, hey, you can heal. It's going to be extremely hard because you're going to keep being re-triggered constantly. In this aspect of is, if it's possible, there's a piece of it that's possible when you walk into it with huge boundaries. And you're like, these are boundaries that I'm not backing down on and that I'm not changing. This is why a lot of times people have to leave toxic and narcissistic relationships because boundaries aren't respected. And you can't do anything with anybody that's not respecting your boundaries because you'll always get run over. Okay, this is where you have a hard and a firm line. You're not taking any BS. You're just saying like, nope, this is how it is. Well, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, then you don't have to do that. But I'm doing this because this is how it is. This is what I am willing to take in this relationship, whatever it may be. Okay, the third thing is you need to make sure you're grounded, super solid on truth. Okay, not the truth that they're trying to put on you. That's a bunch of lies, but your truth, not swayed in the aspect of like your worth, your value, your truth, understanding what is actually real, what is actually right, what you want in the relationship and not letting them take that away or pull you aside. Okay, it's very hard. You have to have really strong boundaries and stick with them. Otherwise, respect is toast and they'll just run, run over you more. And then you have to be solid on your truth. If you're not, then you'll get swayed. You'll get sucked back in all these different things. You'll get reduced to that toxic mess being with that toxic person. Okay, so a couple tips just along this journey. Number one is don't fool yourself. Like one of the biggest lies that people tell themselves is the idea, if I stay a little bit longer, this person will change. If I stay a little bit longer, this person will fix themselves. They'll get aware, like something will happen. And they hold out a little bit longer trying to think, maybe this will work. But then it never does. So the first step is like, you make sure you're not fooling yourself and you're looking at the actions and the demonstration. If you don't see it, it's not happening. And that's when you need to walk away. Okay. The other piece here is you need to work on having a journal and you need to make sure if you're with the narcissist that it is secure, like it's password protected, it's hidden, it's locked up, whatever it might be, because the last thing you need is trying to journal your thoughts and feelings and confusion and they find that and they use that as leverage, whether you know that they found it or whether they just learn from it and use those concepts and ideas and ways to be able to trigger dog whistle you. 
Okay. You have to make sure you have boundaries with consistency. Soon as consistency goes out the window with boundaries, you're toast. And you need to understand that because a narcissist will look for those inconsistencies to find something to be able to pull out to make sure that you feel crazy and make sure that your worth feels like nothing. Okay. Um, and, and one of the things with this that I would, that I would say I've been trying to tell people is copy paste. Okay. You've had a conversation with the narcissist that says, Hey, we're going to do this. He's, he's agreed on it. She's agreed on it. Like, Hey, we're going to do this. They bring it up two days later. All you do screenshot that text or copy the text and be like, Hey, here's what we agreed on. Paste done. Like you don't engage because you need to understand the narcissist needs to know that every time they come to you with the same exact issue, you're going to respond in the same exact way. The more you start responding in the same exact way, it'll either one, they'll slowly get it through the head of like, I'm going to stop bringing this issue up or two, they'll actually change and be like, okay, I'm not going to bring that up because I don't want the response that's always going to happen. So many times we bring in like, but I have to prove that I'm right, but I have to do this. I have to do this. You've already discussed it. Copy, paste, move forward because otherwise they want you to engage with the game. They want you to react. Okay. What I want to be able to tell you at the end of this is full, full healing. I think can pretty much never happen when you're with the narcissist. Full healing can almost never come without at least separation or at least a period of time where disconnected where the fog lifts where the fog lifts and you're able to see clearly, you're able to break the trauma bond and then go from there. So I don't think there's a I don't think there's a scenario that you can fully heal when you're in that relationship. At the very least you need to be separate for a period of time and find you. Have that relentless pursuit of truth and who you are. So you have to get out of the fog. You have to break the trauma bond and move forward that direction before you can even consider, can I be in this relationship and still heal? There's a lot of people getting clarity going through the 45-day clarity challenge. You can sign up today. Go into claritychallenge.net. If you want to work with me one-on-one, go through coaching, help with like working one-on-one on breaking the trauma bond, dealing with the rumination, go to rawmotivations.com. Click on one-on-ones. Would love to be able to help you out in your growth, your healing, your change, and your development. Have a great day.